Ted Jones is a real legend, a poet who has taken his art from New York to Berlin, from Paris to Timbuktu and back again. He's always called himself a jazz poet, someone blessed with the temper and time and language to approximate the complex art created by Afro-Americans and lovingly regarded by much of the world. Jones is the author of over 10 volumes of poetry and prose. His art is in several collections. He has made films and written jazz criticisms and taught a generation of black poets to learn to listen and listen well to the heartstrings, the anger, and the genius of black music. Wherever Ted Jones is, there is poetry, music, and a generosity of spirit big enough for us all. Ted Jones. this off. I have to, I have a, I suppose been a guy here that's going to shoot some film, and so I have to wear, because I want to bet $50. They always say, they talk about a cap that I have, you know, and he said, that cap. I said, that is, it's 12 caps. But anyway, I hope you're out there, because man, you lost your $50 tonight. I'm going to start off with this white cap. And then I'm, I got some other caps too, man. I'm going to wear them all. You're going to really get to his $50. Um, I feel like a politician. I really, you know, uh, I usually like to have a bar stool, you know. And uh, I, I won't be up here very long. I ain't going to stand up like this. Um, this, is, this is dedicated to... Uh, to all the people that uh, haven't been on Earth for uh, 25 years. If you should see a man walking down a crowded street, talking aloud to himself, don't run in the opposite direction, but run towards him, for he is a poet. You have nothing to fear from the poet but the truth. That's it. So, I'm going to read from Aphrodisia. This is a book that's in French language, it's épuisé, meaning out of print, for Griffin in German. And uh, I, I'd like to uh, dedicate this, this evening to my two mentors, poetic mentors and guides. Uh, one born February the 1st, the other born February the 18th. Two distinct different type of poets, but poets that were concerned with the total liberation of humankind. Langston Hughes and Andre Breton. My trip. I've been to the desert. I've lived with the blue men. The Taregs have crossed with me, the largest erg and reg in the world with no blues. That was my trip. I drank mint tea while sitting on my Harlemese haunches after Saharan hospitality lunches. I've hitchhiked with my fly wide open 
and spurted hot sperm into wide pelvic Berber women. I've crossed that vast ocean of earth and created in Timbuktu a national nigger nuisance hideout in Timbuktu. That was my trip. I've read La Tremont, Langston Hughes, Leroy's People of the Blues, all the while Coltrane's tenor solos drew beautiful black images in the shade of dunes, sand dunes, taller than the Harlem's Hiltons. I've gained entrance into secret societies in Africa. Sorcerers, maraboots, and magicians turned me on. They have decorated me with gree-gree. I still call myself Ted only because you wouldn't understand who I really am. That is my trip. I have Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, and Mauritania, et cetera, et cetera. And I've also laid her shiny nakedness while my weenie was roasted between full spread Cameroon moon thighs. That was my trip, Peace Corps. I found a sacred, I found a sacred vagina shaped home in Dahomey, filled with foods guarded by two ageless crocodiles and their giant spider wives reinforced a night by billions of white man's grave diggers' mosquitoes. I have seen a priest shoot the poot out of a rock python near the Dont de Lome. His skin now hangs in a hut. He had a crucifix tattooed across the butt of this python, a salute, no doubt, to his pedestry that he practiced. I've eaten watermelon across from Uncle Tom's overseas cabin when Uncle Thomas came out to enter his big air-conditioned chariot with U.S. Embassy license plate. He stared at me as though he didn't eat watermelon. I've bawled a baoli broad at midnight in torrential downpour of rain and sweat. We talked to a baobab tree that had grown upside up and downside down. I still make white men of all nationalities, including those Russians, frown when they see me around in Africa. The whiskey faces are tormented in my revenging son that whispers coolly, burn. That was my trip. I've had goat dung plastered all over my body during a ceremony in the bush. Village Voice and Lamone are used as toilet paper, wallpaper, and table paper after being read and reread. It is me that has witnessed 200 foreskins dismembered in December. After a long stone circumcisional dance, I too caught in the trance, leaping about with no fear or doubt that I am a true savage since I carry the Western contamination. That was my trip. I've imitated Pepe Lamoco a la Charles Boyer in Morocco and seen poet Gregory Carso cry and tell his wife, a schoolteacher, the biggest lie in the Yakubi desert of Tangier. 
I've sung Bambara and Jerma chants to old and young black spirits, and saints got high to Hausa wedding tunes and watched long tail basketball playing Randy Weston cramp before an electric piano. I witnessed thunder, lightning, and wild winds marry the rain or drop at the time. Shark girl of Germany loving the black fishermen's after midnight bodies caught in two rows of double shark teeth. Drummers have called my name at dawn. African women of 10 different tribes wrapped in Lumumba, Nkrumah, Kieta, and Senghor, and many more cloths. I've seen bananas prepared for my dinner larger than riding boots of the English fox chasers. That was my trip. I've blown St. Louis blues in Mali and night in Tunisia in Tunisia on borrowed trumpets. Langston Hughes carried my drawing of a rhinoceros to West Africa to enlighten the Nigerian love babies with only hair, with only hair that they called Dada, no relation to old Tristan, who was a Romanian. Abidjan has a black prostitute who sell to white fools only as they lay big money in the black groovy good graciousness slits of VD in one day or three promised. That was my trip. I fed peanut butter balls in Dakar dawn by 12-year-olds. Sacred crocodiles know my shouts and curses. Roman ruins have made me laugh to see them ruined in the Sahara. Sand has been in every bit of food I've consumed since I've left Greenwich Village. I smashed a mosquito against my Franz Klein drawing. Downbeat covers my toilet seat, and a USA flag serves me better as a wiping rag. I've traveled up rivers longer than white history. Boats splash behind hippos like laundromat machines on Saturday at St. Mark's Place mornings. Monk, Miles, and Black Nationalist Abby Lincoln roar from a loudspeaker here. Those are my discs that are played. Tangi knew me. Talmudic Jews grave in a distant Marrakesh yard whisper warnings to Peace Corps creeps. In Ouagadougou, five days and two nights, I waited you, wearing my bobo bird mask and trumpet spiked bamboo and barbed wire fence around educated fetishes camp prevent feathers from growing under de Gaulle's armpits. That was my trip too. When I hear Albert Eiler in African night along the lonely vast desert edge, I scream praises to his sound. I wrote his name on a black stone in Mauritania. Andre Breton has a statue at the end of the Tanzaru Trail. Songhai children chase Volkswagen bus buses, giggling black curses. There is a rumor in Fata and Gurma that I am just a nomad Zoomer. That is my trip. Timbuktu or Tombuktu is really the place of Buktu, a black Bella slave woman, was left at the waterhole there. Howl by Ginsburg and Rambo Saison en Enfer is not yet known, but bebop has been blown in Timbuktu. Fat pearl ladies in cattle trucks smiled at wandering me who rode with them for free. An old gal in Agadez, it took days and days to con a white fool out of a plane ride money and four liters of mineral water. I've given the shirt off my back, the pants off my behind, and the shoes from my big traveling feet to black brothers to sell for something for all of us to eat. 
It is I who walk great distances in zigzag directions so far as have asked me to guide them into green pastures. I cried for Malcolm X and Bessie Smith in a French bar room. I've shaved behind my, I've shaved behind my ears in Colombe-Bercher. Foreign legionnaires offered me bread and water for a New Orleans moment on a trumpet. Paul Bowles followed me through the streets of Tangier on New Year Eve, taking notes. I once buried a typewriter in the sand. Bamako is much too hot to go to in the summertime, although living at the Grand Hotel is easy. Long-distance chicks from China caress my hand in Conakry, making Baga girls fall in love with jealousy. I've painted a Harlem mural on Mali walls for room and board. Tall chiefs of police listen to my advice about refrigerators and boxes that imprison ice. I danced and sang in Niamey. Russian workers hate me and tell lies to their friends. The American State Department cohorts. I dreamed that I cut their red necks after a long day of hard planning. Blood had dried on blue jeans with a grin. Duke Ellington and Coleman Hawkins cry forgiveness from Japan. My Japanese record player from 42nd Street, battery operated. English girls volunteer their sex for his hipness. I'm amused to refuse as they abuse and lose their dignity, pity. Accra is a swinging rightful with his high life dancers. It is still hot in tamale like Mexican food stuff in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Dig the sweet potato pie I've made in Kisadugu, jumping down from the big West African plateau, longing to see a television set back into the past, train choo-chooing me through tropical forests, German cemetery in Tobruk, taking a shit there while Benghazi driver looks at American girls frown. Deep, dirty hurts carried across seas into Libya, oil fields, razor throat cutting, cutting Texans, turning up here and there, showing up around here after having been several months up Europe, yonder confused, the white abuses of the blacks, smiles and decent, can always cheat their fears and conceit, Africa, the big, wide Africa, my other side, the true side that I do not want to hide. That is my trip. You can have your LSD. Now, $50. Uh-huh. He's really, you, and he showed me his 50 when he came in, so that's it. One is two. I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, that's part of the thing. There's a note up here that says, water behind you on the windowsill. <laughs> it's great. There must be a poet that writes, don't there a poet, water behind you on the windowsill? It's beautiful. Water behind you on the windowsill. Water behind you. I'm going to read something historical and hysterical. This, this book is older than most of the people here. Uh, it's called All of Ted Jones and No More. You can get copies, but it, it was once published for a dollar, but you know it's, it's, it's older than you, so you have to pay more than that for it now. It's a collector's item. <coughs> and uh, 
A friend of mine, I'm going to read this for him because he's, uh, he lives dangerously. He lives not very far from here, right on 10th Street, and I've known him perhaps longer than I have anybody in this room except Norman Bush. And, uh, but anyway, it's called Soul Brother Seymour. You jived you, I see where you at. You jived you, swinging Manhattan cat. You're near the top, chicks calling your name. You bawling in the sun, putting wrong cats to shame. You kosher spade, counting your bread, loot that you creatively made, and getting yourself ahead. You, the nearsighted cannoneer, grabbing hipness by the balls and having no square-nick fear of taking some of the rough-and-tumble black falls. You wailing your views at the table, you who dug Harlem when others were afraid or unable, you giving them the news and the views of a nearsighted cannoneer. You flashy, open-fly, rock-and-ready he-cat, daily and nightly living it up. Smoke that pot, drink that drink, screw that nut, expose that thing. Have your babes black and white. Look out, everybody. Soul Brother Krim is making the scene tonight. <laughs> He's not here. He's in the center of the target. He <laughs> catch too much. He got a Fulbright and sit him and said, that's the thing. Beat generation produced some very strange human beings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least we were in love with books. I'm going to, I don't want to over, because we, we're just doing I215, I get off, and then she's, and then Lady Cortez will be up. I, I close with this thing. This is a poem, another old poem from that time. Um, it's called The 38. I hear the man downstairs slapping the hell out of his adulterous wife again. I hear him push and shove her around the overcrowded room. I hear his wife scream and beg for mercy. I hear him tell her there is no mercy. I hear the blows they land on her beautiful body. I hear her screams and pleas. I hear glasses, pots, and pans falling. I hear her fleeing from the room. I hear them running up the stairs. I hear her outside my door. I hear him coming towards her outside my door. I hear her banging on my door. I hear him bang her head on my door. I hear him trying to drag her away from my door. I hear her hands desperate on my doorknob. I hear the blows of her head again against my door. I hear him drag her away from my door. I hear him drag her down the stairs. I hear her head mouse from step to step. I hear him drag that beautiful body. I hear them again in their room. Then I hear a loud smack across her face, I guess. Then I hear the eerie silence. I hear him open the top drawer of the bureau. The 38 lives there. I hear the fast beat of my heart. I hear the drops of perspiration fall from my brow. I hear him yell, I warned you. I hear him pull that beautiful body across the overcrowded room. I hear the springs of their bed creak from the weight of her beautiful body. I hear him say, damn you, I warned you, now it's too late. Then I hear the loud report of the 38 caliber revolver. I hear it again and again, the Smith & Wesson. I hear the bang, 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 bang of four death-dealing bullets. I hear my heart beat fast and louder. Then again, I hear the eerie silence. I hear him walk out of their overcrowded room. 
I hear him walk up the steps. I hear him come towards my door. I hear his hand on my doorknob. I hear the doorknob click. I hear the door slowly open. I hear him step into my room. I hear him standing there, breathing heavy and taking aim. I hear the click of the 38 just before the firing pin is the death dealing bullet. I hear the loud blast of the powder exploding in the chamber of the 38. I hear the heavy lead nose of the bullet swiftly cutting its way through the barrel of the 38. I hear it emerge out in the space from the 38. I hear the bullet of death flying towards my head, the 38. I hear it coming faster than sound, the 38. I hear it coming closer to my sweaty forehead, the 38. And now I can see it, the 38. I hear its weird whistle, the 38. I hear it just one inch from my head, the 38. I hear it give off a little steam like noise when it cuts through my sweat, the 38. And I hear it as it singes my skin, as it enters my head the 30 and I hear Def saying hello I'm here it has it has a subtitle for for uh, uh, for Christians thy shall not commit adultery and get caught all right that's all for me I'll come back later I think this is the freewheeling uh, poetry project. I know y'all are going to do 15 minutes, 15 minutes. So, all right. Uh, before I int uh, introduce Jane Cortez, uh, several things. We have a mailing list. So when everybody finishes, if you're not on our mailing list, please sign it. Uh, there's also a little program that's a press release. We do things. We double up on everything around here <laughs> and pick it up. Uh, anyway, and now Jane Cortez. Uh, I'm really proud to do this. Jane Cortez's work in seven volumes of poetry on record and film represents the best of 20th century Afro-American art. In her work are the polyrhythms in the speech of we members of the African diaspora. The linguistic leaps she takes recall the cultivated juxtapositions of modern art with the flamboyance and urgency of poets whose first language is Spanish, like Neruda, like Lorca. Her language is a language of liberation from the banality of aesthetic, political, and social oppression. Cortez is creating a poetry that speaks of our triumphs as well as the many vagaries of the human heart. She is making poetry for the world. Jane Cortez. Thank you. I must say it's wonderful to be here tonight with my friend Tia Jones, and it was uh, nice to sit there and listen to him open up and change his caps and do all of that. It's good, you know. It, you know it, it, it. So now I can come on and I'm all warmed up and I can read and start to read. The first piece I'm gonna read is called For the Brave Young Stud Students from Soweto. Soweto was in South Africa, as you should know. I wrote this in 1976, and uh, it was in support of the students. Soweto, 
When I hear your name, I think about you like the Fifth Ward in Houston, Texas. One roof of crushed oil drums on the other. Two black hunters in buckets of blood walking into the fire of Charville, into the sweat and stink of gold mines, into your children's eyes suffering from malnutrition while pellets of uranium are loaded onto boats headed for France, for Israel, for Japan, moving away from the river so full of skulls and Robben Island so swollen with warriors and the townships that used to overflow with such apathy and dreams. And I think about the old Mau Mau grieving in bear halls and the corrupt black leaders singing into police whistles and the assembly line of dead Hottentots and the jugular veins of Allende and once again how the coffin is divided into dry ink. How the factory moves like a white cane, like a volley of bullets in the head of Lumumba. And death, death is a death life held together by shacks, by widows who cry with their nipples pulled out, by men who shake with electrodes on the tongue. And Soweto, when I hear your name and look at you on the reservation, a Sosa in the humid wrinkles of Shreveport, Louisiana, walking down Fannin Street into the bottom hole of the Wall of Endurance, I smell the odor of our lives together made of tar paper, the memories opening like stomachs in sawmills, the faces growing old in cigarette burns, and I think about the sacrifices made in Cape Town, the sisters being mauled by police dogs while the Minister of Justice rides the tall ship of torture down the Hudson River in New York, while vigilante under Zulu mask strike through the heartland like robots in military boots with hatchets made of apartheid lips. And Zueto, when I look at this ugliness and see once again how we're divided and forced into fighting each other over a funky job in the sewers of Johannesburg, divided into labor camps fighting over damaged meat and stale bread in Harlem, divided into factions fighting to keep from fighting the ferocious men who are shooting into the heads of our small children. When I look at this ugliness and think about the Native Americans pushed into the famine of tribal reserves, think about the concentration camps full of sad Palestinians and the slave quarters still existing in Miami, the diamond factories still operating in Amsterdam, in Belgium, the gold market still functioning on Wall Street, and the scar tissues around our necks swelling with tumors of dead leaves, our bodies exploding like whiskey bottles as the land shrinks into the bones of ancestor Bushmen. I tell you, Soweto, when I see you stand up in the middle of all this, stand up to the exotic white races in their armored churches, Stand up to these land stealers, infant killers, rapists, and rats to see you stand among the pangas, the stones, the war clubs, the armadillos dying along this roadside. To see you stand with the ocean, the desert, the birthright of red cliffs. To see you stand with your brave young warriors, courageous and strong-hearted, looking so confident in battle marks coated in grief and gunmetal tears. To see you stand up to this epidemic of expansion and flame past books into ashes, fling stones into the mouths of computers. To see you stand on the National Bank of America like monumental sculpture made of stained bullets. To see you stand empty-handed, your shoulders open to the world, each day young blood falling on the earth to see you stand in the armed struggle next to Mozambique, Angola, Namibia, Zimbabwe, Soweto. I tell you, Soweto, when I see you standing up like this, 
I think about all the forces confronted by the terrifying rhythms of young students, by their sacrifices and the revelation that it won't be long now before everything in this world changes. Last night, I, I dreamt about um, Count Basie. And so I felt that I should read this piece called Solo Finger Solo. When evening goes down into his jelly, 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 into drain pipe cuts and stitches and vaccinations protruding from arms, and spirit of the five-by-five five man pushes his sweet potatoes in the air, and feather daddy leaps into a falcon of tropical bird squats, and rubber legs swing into offbeat onichos onichos, and into your solo finger solo, the blues chantress jumps up and repeats her nasal volcanic chant calling, Count Basie, Count Basie, Count Basie. And Count Basie, you burn through that timberly of goose flesh rhythms, a drop of iodine on your starfish lips, the intonation of your kiss of melodica trilling into a labyrinth of one o'clock jumps, into corpuscle flashes of the blues torpedo, erupting volcano of the blues shouters chanting your name. Count Basie, Count Basie, take them to Chicago, Count Basie. And Count Basie, you punctuate that strong bourbon mist of gamma globulin breath, a mixture of chords like serpentarians coiling from the deep everglades of your body. And when the luscious screams of three-headed root doctors split, Kansas City reads in unison with that triple tapping, double stopping, slow grinding, Lucy butt night swinging with the blues chantress, that erupting volcano of the blues torpedoes chanting your name, Count Basie. You reach through the bottom of the music, way down beneath cross-rhythm vamps, below airstream of the lowest octave, into depths of a sacred drum. And Count Basie, Count Basie, Count Basie, how powerful and dignified and exquisite and direct and sharp your solo finger solo is. Cobra Club, to dance the razor drill dance in the Cobra Club. Suck off the rain crow's holler. Pull into a fantail paper lip smacking reefer straight out at midnight. For you on double elbows in a butane truck. I have the crazy bones laughing in alligator stumps. I have the railroad tracks you call my thighs flat talking like sepia trumpets. I hold the scorpion and tequila in my mouth we embrace the paranoid sea, the tip of a stinging Kilimanjaro licked. Let it dry like fly specks between cyclones in this low burnt pepper day, in this dizzy spells falling head, in this navel's bush belly of sesame crabs. There will be other chicken wings at the window, other leaves turning back into mosquito drums, other legends in dark stockings roll down. You will tangle in the long rope solitude minces of solitary funguses. You will eat buckshots off the evening and wear them like flea bites in new cities. We will blow through this gravel pit's shadow of poverty together like a rata of black rum flowing with the depths of this Cobra Club funk, an alkalized cadenza of stale metallic tongues pushed back. Mm -hmm. um, 
This is called Say It. Say it and peel off that gray iguana skin mask. Say it and clean out your cockpit of intoxicated spiders. Tear the sexual leaves of grief from your heart. Pluck the feathers of nostalgia from your nipples. Push the slow-moving masochistic mudslide of contralto voices from your afternoon skull of anxiety. Say it and let the tooth chips fall from your hole of rebellious itches. Let the excremental lake of bones shoot out from your tin farting poems in the fly season. Say it because everything is like an ambush. Everything is like an incursion. Flesh smoking flesh in him feel of a 50 minute breakdown. Time sodomizing time in a circular tunnel of asphalt and ashes. Space revolting against space in roar of an artillery salvo fuck. Say it and leave it splattered against the mortuary of the moon, reflective sap of dead weight. Say it and store it in the propane bucket of memories, sporadic tremblations of fear. Shove it into the saliva of a roach, gradual of teeth between ovums. Throw it from your spine of ex excessive heat, fertility smoke of fumigating funk. Talk to yourself in the automobile of the clitoris soul of so much humanistic lip. Say it and let the pissy sheets of repression emerge from your breast of paragoric flamingos. Let the crematorial paste in your solitary carcass of drums push through the vaginal acidity of your bodega. Say it and plunge into invisibility of your own content. Slide on fingernail filth of your own lobby of triteness. Become honorary shithead in your own mouthful of erected statues. Break into your mug of accumulated door slams. Bam, 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 bam. Last night, I dreamt that Buddy Bolden threw his horn into the Pontchartrain River, and I put my name into every eyelid, every anthill, every dried bird, every mask of reptilian skin in the sun. So say it, and have a drop of grappa. The frog spits through the uterus in December. <laughs> This is called Give Me the Red on the Black of the Bullet, and it's for Claude Reese Jr., who was a young man who was shot in uh, 1975 by a policeman in, um, in New York City. Bring back the life of Claude Reese Jr. I want the bullet from his head to make a Benin bronze, to make an explosion of thunder, to make a cyclone. I want the 14 years of Claude Reese Jr. shot on the 15th day of September, shot in the back of his head, shot by a police officer, shot for being black. Give me the black on the red of the bullet. I want to make a tornado, to make an earthquake, to make a fleet of stilts for the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. The blackness called dangerous weapon, the blackness called resisting an arrest, the blackness called nigger threat. I want the life of the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. I want the bullet from his head to make a protective staff of startled children, to make hooks and studs for a warrior mask. Give me the bullet with the odor and the smoke and the skin of Claude Reese Jr. I want to make power, to make power for the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. The blackness called pent-up frustration, the blackness called unidentified Negro, the blackness called nigger revolutionary, I want the life of the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. 
I want the bullet from his head to make a protective staff for startled children, to make a Benin bronze, to make an explosion of thunder, to make a cyclone. I want the bullet to bring back the blood of Claude Reese Jr. I want to make justice. I want to make justice for the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. Bring back the bullet with the blood of the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. I want to make justice. I want to make justice for the blackness of Claude Reese Jr. People live in the cemeteries in Egypt, in the cemeteries in Jamaica, in the cemeteries all over the world. So when you croak in the toxic slobber of your own contradictions, just know that in the morning there will be the shitty vomit of beans on your headstone, and in the evening much fucking will take place on the surface covering your skull. <laughs> I'm going to read this last piece, and then Ted Jonas is going to come back up. It's called Tell Me. Tell me that the plutonium sludge in your corroded torso is all a dream. Tell me that your penis bone is not erupting with the stench of dead ants, that your navel is not the dumb sight of contaminated pus, that the spillage from your hard ass is not a fallout of radioactive waste. Tell me it's a lie. Tell me it's a joke. Tell me that you don't have to fuck yourself on the reactor core of an intense meltdown to show your importance. Tell me that you have no desire to be the first one to fuck into the vision of a fusion of a fucking holocaust. Tell me I'm hallucinating. Tell me I'm fantasizing. Tell me I'm delirious. Tell me you know peace is better than war, that total decolonization is better than war, that the elimination of hunger is better than war, that the moon merging into the shadow of the earth is better than war, that night moving into day and day moving back into night is better than war, that the sound of the human voice in its calmness, in its shrillness, in its monumental invention of pitches is better than war, that the arrival of rain, the smell of something familiar, the blood circulating in your legs, the visitation of the sun, the conjunction of rivers, the vexation of your special nerve and hope rising from the sole of your nose is better than war. Tell me that the tonnage of nuclear sweat in your prostate gland is all a mistake. Tell me that your vagina will not be a bursting silo of blue flames, that your chest will not be an infested swamp of vomiting mosquitoes. Tell me it's a mirage. Tell me it's absurd. Tell me you really have no intention of being a homeless, nameless, sexless piece of shit somewhere over the rainbow. Tell me, tell me that you have no need to get high off the fumes of a neutron bomb. Tell me you're not gonna peel off your skin and be a psychedelic corpse in the holy water of patriotic slobber. Tell me it's ridiculous. Tell me it's ludicrous. But don't tell me that you think you're immune because there is no immunity. No immunity to the hydrogen dust moving like a cloud of a hundred trillion infuriated rhinos. No immunity to the fireball smoker of abdominal organs. No immunity to the fetishes wrapped in uranium crates. No immunity to the downwind flames of invisible radiation. No immunity, and you know it, I know it, the computer knows it, everybody knows it. 
So tell me that you're going to pull away from the corrupt, gluttonous controllers of profit, tear open the condescending attitudes full of green ashes, separate yourself from the solitude of stagnation. Don't tell me that you want to sink into the stink of exotic weapons. Don't tell me that you want to quiver into the heat of missile repulsion. Don't tell me that you want to disappear into the pessimistic past of your own self-interest. Tell me I'm dreaming. Tell me I'm hallucinating. Tell me I'm fantasizing. Tell me it's unthinkable. Tell me it's unrealistic. Tell me it's all in my imagination. Tell me you never heard of such a thing. Tell me it's a misunderstanding. Tell me it's not a human need. Tell me it's a crock of shit. Tell me it's propaganda. Tell me you really intend to go forward. Tell me. Wow. You know, this makes me feel like in the days at the, the Beat Generation, you know, we used to have people coming in and they blow like that, and you have to be able to do it. See, and sit and fall behind that man, you know, digging deep back. I have to put the, I have to put another cap on. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Right, I told him. I said, I said, my two favorite poets in the world today are lady women poets. One on the other side of the ocean, Egyptian, born in Britain, where I hope it's burning right now. I don't like England at all. Yeah, Buckingham Palace burning. Joyce Mansour and Jean Cortez, that's my favorite poets. I mean, the others are all right. That must be a Jones. <laughs> okay, this is a, I'm going to read two, two riffs from this called Double Dozen Done Deliberately for a, a sculptor that perhaps you uh, read about in the July issue of the New York Times. Double dozen done deliberately for Mel Edwards. Two dozen metal cousins to 24-face mass that Ogun's diplomat has tipped an acetylene torch eyebrow full of ochre prophecy spread like wedding beds before an embarrassed Niagara Falls, naked as a jaybird before Moshi Otunya, the largest waterfall on earth, in earth, and of this our earth. Number two, double dozen undirty, dashed and dotted with old, new, and half slew foot spikes, railroaded to art, soldered until safety pinned, never to know again crossed feet of do Jesus or John Henry's spike driving, hard labor, hefty, sweaty, muscle making humph. Three, 12 twice hang there, merely lynch fragment, nothing more or less than blues in syllables, sculptured 
hearings, earrings of Queen Kilimanjaro, whose lava loaves loved lead, iron, aluminum, ore, and nibbled steel, an A train of acrobats playing two dozens of dirty, mighty mouth put down on academia. That's double dozen for Mel Edwards. It's a long poem, very long, so I can't read all of it. <laughs>